When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Joe and Amber podcast. Wasted a lot of years of my life not wanting to be young, Joe. Right? That's what kids do. They don't understand the power of youth, and so you waste a lot of years when you're young and you want to be older, and then you get older, and you're like, you know what? Actually, I want to feel young. What's the famous line? It's something like that. One of life's great tragedies is that youth is wasted on the young. Something mm-hmm. like that, because you don't have the wisdom to understand, and by the time you do have the wisdom to understand. You're old like we are, and you're here grinding day to day. Just grinding day to day. We are young Caught in at the heart, rat race though. of life. We are young <laughs> at heart. Uh, you are grinding a bit harder than me. You did just get off Daily Wager seconds ago, so you are rolling in. You've got a vest on. It's a look. We'll see what the looks are as they walk into NBA arenas tomorrow as the conference finals kick off across the NBA. And it's looking like 2020 up in here, right? I mean, I don't think any of us want want it to look anything like 2020 in any other regard, but it is looking a lot like the bubble looked in these conference finals. So we can put to bed that whole bubble fraud thing at this point, right? I mean, these, (laughs) these four teams, when... The purity of basketball was at its purest, Joe, when there was no crowds and there was no travel and the sight lines were phenomenal and all there was was basketball. These were the four teams that were left standing. And here we are once again in 2023 now. Yeah, there's nothing like eliminating the best part of pro sports, which is the hostile environments and the fan bases and the travel and all that cool stuff. And, and, and shrinking it all the way down to a game in which a team wins a championship and there isn't a, a single utterance of noise on the court because, well, no one's allowed in the building. Fun times those were indeed. We have a very, very stark contrast of conference championships set to take place. In the West, it's the Denver Nuggets. They find themselves as a relatively small favorite over the Los Angeles Lakers. They opened around minus 145 to win the series. They have been bet up to minus 170, so money on the Lakers. Or, excuse me, money on the Nuggets. $100 bet, you have to risk 170 to win 100 on the Nuggets. That's what minus 170 tells us. The exact opposite in the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston, a massive minus 525 favorite. So to win 100 bucks on Denver, it's... You got to risk 170 to win 100 bucks on Boston. You have to lay 525 dollars. Even our own analytics department here at ESPN, Amber says the Heat have a three percent chance of winning that series. What do those people know? What do you What do you think of that? I find that to be shocking. That that is something that we've come up with. Three percent is what we think the chances for the Heat to win that series. What did the analytics department here have as the Heat's chances of knocking off the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round of these playoffs? That's what I would I, like to. I make. don't have that, but that is a great counterpoint. Yeah, because I, I would imagine it was also a very slim chance, and that's what you're getting here. What's interesting to me, though, is the variation between these two series in terms of how people are seeing them, because. It's one thing, I think, when you're factoring in the regular season to have the Celtics as a very heavy favorite. Anybody would. Again, if you're factoring in the regular season. I'm a Heat fan, and I can tell you the C's were 
I mean, just leaps and bounds better than the Heat in the regular season wasn't even a comparison. And so here we are now in a conference finals, and you're giving the nod to the team that you expected to be in this position, not the team as the eighth seed that was in a play-in situation that is in this position for the first time since the play-in tournament began. But over in the West, you also have a play-in team in this situation. Over in the West, you also have lopsided teams if you – factor in the regular season so why are the margins so much slimmer in the west that's what it doesn't actually bother me that the seas are such heavy favorites here but it is strange that the lakers are getting so much more respect than the miami heat great point number one it's a two-person act in la two bona fide superstars lebron james who's always going to have some money some support some respect from the bookmakers as well as anthony davis who has been quite good this postseason in miami there's jimmy buckets yes but like who's the number two There isn't like that bona fide one-two punch, which is one reason the Lakers are getting respect. Another key reason is that the Lakers just took out the defending champion Warriors. Now, the Warriors this year are nowhere close to the team we saw last year. But the fact that it's the Warriors and Steph Curry being dispatched in six games when the Warriors had home court advantage, that gives the Lakers a lot of cachet. Meanwhile, the Heat taking out the Knicks, the thought process coming off that series is, my God, the Knicks weren't ready for prime time. They couldn't hit a bucket. They could not hit water if they fell out of a boat. That is a very unfair characterization of what Miami did to them. It takes away from what Miami did, stifled them, make them look terrible. But that's part of the reason why you have this wild discrepancy in pricing. Well, and forgets what Miami did to the Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, I understand the conversation Mm -hmm. when we're talking about the Knicks, and neither team looked particularly good in that series. That's probably not helpful for this conversation either. It's not like the Heat were lights out against the Knicks or putting up some sort of offensive effort that was worth talking about. There are limitations there. Jimmy Butler certainly on the injured ankle being one of those limitations. He gets a couple days off now with the rest. We'll see what that means in a conference finals. We know Jimmy tends to take things up a notch. Also, maybe he'll be that much more healed. But the Boston Celtics, a very, very, very heavy favorite. And yet, I doubt the Seas are going to be sleeping. Like, I doubt we're going to catch them sleeping on us, right? Because this is the conference finals that we have seen time and time again. The Eastern Conference for the last decade has been owned by these two teams. I wonder with Boston, I I can't, I think Boston wins this series. I can't in good conscience lay that price with them because I've seen too many lapses with them this postseason. Game five at home against the Hawks, perfect closeout spot. You got to deliver the death blow. They couldn't do it. Game one against the Sixers, you're at home, no Joel Embiid. That game should be a layup. And they let James Harden go off and they lose outright. They win game six because the Sixers couldn't take advantage of the fact that Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum had their worst games of the entire postseason. There were some spots in there where the Celtics reminded us they are not the team from last year. And the Heat could be a team that capitalizes on that sort of thing because they're very well coached. They're very disciplined. They're very defensive minded, especially when they get to the playoffs. So I would expect the Celtics to win this series, but in no way, shape, or form would I lay that price. I would bet over five and a half games. You can bet how many total games in the series. I think you could bet over five and a half games and put yourself in good shape. I find Miami, if Miami can't win two in this series, I mean, my God, I I don't see that happening. Uh, I would be surprised as well. I, I, I mean, I have no problem with anybody thinking that the Celtics are going to win this series, but you just mentioned it there. The Celtics are not the same team that they were last season. We've seen that a bit in these playoffs, and yet the Heat last season were one shot away 
from knocking them out and making that NBA Finals. Like, yep. one shot. If Jimmy had just driven to the basket, don't forget, then the Heat probably would have been in the NBA Finals, not the Celtics. And I don't know if that bodes well for the Celtics. Also, Jimmy Butler, he's still coming. Boston. I'm on the way. I'm on the way. Can't wait. I've been out for too long. I'm getting thirsty. We're on the way. Go Heat. <laughs> so he's coming listen if i was a boston fan and i heard that i'd be scared i'd be genuinely scared because it's jimmy butler and that man uh kind of crazy uh let's be honest and he certainly knows how to take it up to the next level when he seems to feel like it we'll see though how healthy he ends up looking as well joe and amber's presented by progressive insurance round out your protection with life phone and pet and health insurance coming up next John Morant is in trouble once again. We will get into that. ESPN Radio is also on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! Shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. John Morant has made things very complicated for himself and for the Memphis Grizzlies. We will get into what is the latest with John Morant. Joe and Amber is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. But first, Joe's got the advice. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Just a miserable week last week, concluded in miserable fashion. Last show, two and four, minus 2.3 units. Overall as a show, 113 wins, 105 defeats, plus 12.56 units. Before we get into the first one of the night, just want to say a quick shout out. The passing of 89-year-old Doyle Texas Dolly 
Brunson passed away over the weekend, two-time main event winner in the World Series of Poker. Incredible contributions to the world of gambling and poker. Amber can see me on the Zoom right now. I'm holding up his legendary book, Super Systems. If you are a poker player like me, you absolutely read this. This was the Bible, and it was one of a countless number of things Doyle Brunson brought to the world. Rest in peace. You will be missed. To the action at hand tonight... The Dallas Stars and Seattle Kraken will play a game seven. We are going to bet under six total goals in that game. That might sound insane because all six games in this series prior to tonight have gone over the total. Here's the difference. The bookmakers set the total in all six of those games at five and a half. They've finally gone up to six. So now we're going to zig when everybody else is zagging. Six home games for the Stars this postseason. They've allowed a grand total of just 15 goals in those matchups. Jake Ottinger, their star goalie, was yanked in game six. He got lit up like a Christmas tree. They pulled him out of the game. I think he bounces back strong here. Pizza Money number one, stars cracking under six goals. Breaking news where the Memphis Grizzlies have suspended John Morant from all team activities after another Instagram Live video surfaced, apparently showing him with a handgun. It was easy to defend John Morant the first time. You're in a bad spot when you lose the benefit of the doubt. And I think he's lost that. Well, here we are again with John Morant once again suspended by his team, and that's not going to be it, Joe. I mean, the league's going to end up suspending John Morant. It is very likely that the Memphis Grizzlies are going to start next season without their superstar, certainly for some period of time. He was just two months ago suspended for eight games for a similar type incident, a string of incidents surrounding John Morant. And you thought when he got suspended for those eight games, okay, he's he's seen the error of his ways, right? He's going to clean things up. He he did that stint in I don't know. Re, I don't know. Rehab is the right word, but he took. You know, he did. I think that's where they somewhere. said he, he went. Sought, yeah, rehab of some sort. He sought help. He got counseling. Whatever it was, and he comes back. It's now the off. He comes back. Plays obviously in, in the postseason. It's now the off season for his team, and he's back on Instagram Live, apparently brandishing a gun. So, couple things here. Let's start with this. We were playing this game on Daily Wager today, ESPN 2, 6 to 7 p.m. Eastern. Boom, that's how you plug. Um, What would you set, if I set the over-under that the suspension the league hands him is 40 and a half games, 40, basically half the season, would you bet the over or the under on that? Uh, I, gosh. Uh, under because Adam Silver, I tend to think as of, as, you know, one of the, kinder two players i will a little too lenient i will put it that way uh kind Uh, i'm I'm going with the nice words today little kind that adam silver to the players so i think i would bet the under just because of that i do i could see around the half game suspension though i can't imagine it would be more than that well it's very clear that the first suspension did literally nothing like the little right. slap on the wrist and the I'm going to go to rehab for, what was it, a week or whatever. And I'm sure when you're, you know, a very high-priced, famous in, in person going to rehab, you don't really go to a rehab most people go to. You go to one of those centers. A lot of times they're on the beach. They focus on wellness. You eat very well there. I'm not going to get into the details of that. But whatever it was, it clearly didn't resonate at all. Because we're talking mere days later. Mere days. What is it, a couple weeks, three weeks, four weeks, a month? 
They get run from the playoffs, and he's doing the exact same thing that he was suspended for in the first place. So I think the question is, one, how long is he going to be suspended for? Two, is anything going to change after that? And three, if you're Memphis, how inclined are you going to be in the near future to try to move on? Because this is a problem. Your culture is a serious problem. There's the Dylan Brooks thing, which is one thing. You're obviously getting rid of him. But what are you going to do with Morant? If the guy can't keep himself straight, if he can't keep himself out of trouble, what good is he to you and your franchise as you're trying to chase down a championship? Right. Now it's not a good look because you say you're not bringing Dylan Brooks back no matter what he does. Even if he had taken the minimum, there's no chance he's coming back. And then you're probably going to take John Morant back, right, after he does something again and again and again. But that's also the life of a superstar in this league. It's not just the suspension with John Morant. He lost out on a chance at $39 million because of that suspension. He missed out on a chance to make the additional money with being named to an all-NBA team. So then $39 million doesn't change his mind. The money that he lost from that eight-game suspension doesn't seem to change his mind or affect his behavior. It's like nothing that's happened here. And it's just bizarre to me. You're quite literally losing tens of millions. Now you're going to lose more tens of millions, uh, if not more than that next season because of this behavior. And it seems really quite simple, Joe, to just not brandish weapons on IG live, right? Like it's like you can have one it, it, legally uh, in within the rules of the NBA because the NBA under the CBA that the players agreed to has all sorts of rules about when you can have a gun, where you can have a gun, but it doesn't prohibit you from owning a weapon. There's ways that you can do that. You just, you know, you can't be brandishing it around on Instagram live if you're John Moran and it seems pretty simple and he's costing himself tens of millions of dollars, tens of millions doing that. The thing we all need to understand, because you and I look at this and we say, and I agree with you on this, it's like, how can you not understand that you're going to get suspended? It's going to cost you money. You're going to get in trouble. You're going to hurt yourself long term. We lay all that out because we think of it as, man, if we were in those shoes making all that money, we wouldn't want to jeopardize that. He doesn't care. That's the first thing people need to understand because everywhere you look on TV, everywhere you listen on radio and on podcasts, all these people are laying out exactly what you just did, of which I agree. The whole you can't be flashing guns on Instagram. It doesn't matter if it's legal or not. It's a bad look. You've already been in trouble for this. The league's going to come down hard on you. He's not an idiot. It's not that he doesn't understand that or comprehend that. He knows full well if he's doing that, he's going to get suspended because he already did it very recently and got suspended. So he's aware. He just doesn't care. His priorities aren't what our priorities would be in that situation. Like everyone who's on TV lays this out. You know, you got to focus on a championship. You're going to cost yourself money. What are you doing? His priority isn't winning a championship. His priority isn't making every last dollar. His priority right now is trying to cultivate an image, an image he feels people don't don't see him as right now. That's what he's going for. This is clearly something he's trying to do because he wants people to associate him with this sort of thing. Otherwise, he wouldn't do it. Like, I'm not going to drink a bottle of whiskey and get in the car and go home because that's a bad decision. I don't want to be associated with that or the risk that brings to everybody out on the road. He doesn't necessarily care. Like, to him, this is what he wants to do. He's going to continue doing it. The suspension's not going to matter to him. 
Well, maybe he's thinking, well, I'm not hurting anybody. Whereas in that situation, obviously, you would be risking the lives of others. Maybe that's how he sees it. It doesn't matter, though, if he is, because it is all about what the NBA deems as its also ability to protect its own image. And it thinks John Moran's hurting its image. I mean, that's why this whole CBA exists in large part, right? That's why these rules exist from your employer. You and I would also get in trouble if we were doing this behavior and we worked at ESPN. It just is what it is. When you have these companies, they also, if you're an employee of that company as a representative of that company, are going to hold you to certain standards. I'm not here for the conversation anymore that it's hard to be young and rich, which a lot of people do to excuse this kind of thing away. He's 23 years old. He's a professional. Yes, he's young. Yes, he's got a lot of money. A lot of people would love to be in that situation and have that burden on them, and they would be able to play within the rules of their employer. Coming up next, what will it take for the Miami Heat to take down the Boston Celtics? We'll get into it. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. Joe and Amber, the podcast. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Joe and Amber, Joe Fortenbaugh, Amber Wilson. You can find him on social at Joe Fortenbaugh. You can find me as well at Amber W Sports. And you can tell your smart speakers to play ESPN radio to hear us. It is that simple. Of course, we are talking about the NBA conference finals coming your way tomorrow night. Looks a lot like 2020. The Miami Heat, the Boston Celtics, the C's heavy, heavy, ridiculously stupid heavy favorites in that series. Unfair heavy, Joe, if I have anything to say about it. Also, the Lakers and the Nuggets. Nuggets slight favorites in that series. So the Lakers getting a little bit more respect than my Miami Heat tend to get. But two play-in teams in the conference finals, Joe. And that feels like good news if you're Adam Silver because we're only a few years into this play-in experiment and we've already got two play-in teams now representing each conference. But are they true play-in teams? See, that's the thing. I agree with you that if the play-in, quote, is working, then we're all for it. And it did give the Lakers an opportunity and the Heat an opportunity to make a run at this thing. But at the same time, why were they there? I mean, for the Heat, it's pretty clear. They just punted on the regular season. Like, they didn't care. Like, the regular season (laughs) didn't mean anything to them. And that's the problem that Adam Silver's facing. Like, this devalued product that is the regular season. Playoff basketball has been awesome. The postseason has been fantastic. The drama, the storylines, the games, the performances. Tatum going for a 50-burger yesterday. 
50 burgers from Jokic so far, and they're not the only ones. It has been phenomenal, but the regular season has none of this, none of this at all. So if the plan was designed to create some extra opportunities for star teams who aren't going to do it during the regular season, giving them kind of a backdoor to work their way through, then it's definitely working. But it's not really your traditional play-in team who just barely got in and then got hot at the right time. Well, let's bring in some help with this conversation. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us here on Joe and Amber. So, Perk, I don't know if you just heard our conversation, but let's start here. You've got two play-in teams in the conference finals. We're only a few years into this play-in tournament experiment. And Joe's wondering if it's good news for the NBA. He's questioning whether it is because it's two teams that you could argue – Maybe punted a little bit on the regular season. Maybe some load management going on. Does it devalue the regular season at all, or do you think it's good for the NBA? I think it's great for the NBA. You know why? The play-in tournament, for one reason, you can't take regular season games for granted. But it also also gives teams that's at – you know, that ninth, tenth spot of uh, opportunity to come in. But on the flip side of it, you know what's the best thing about the play-in tournament? Usually around March, middle of March, all the way to the last week of regular season, nobody wants, nobody used to want to watch the NBA because it was like a dead period. Now all of a sudden it becomes the playoffs before the playoffs. And now it brings a different excitement. Like, I've been saying this since February. The Lakers have been in the postseason since the All-Star break. Every game mattered for them. Every game mattered for the teams that were trying to fight to get into the play-in tournament. So we've been seeing playoff uh, playoff basketball for, what, the last three months already? Perk, let's start in the West as we break down the conference finals. You've got the Nuggets opening as a minus 145 favorite to take out the Lakers. Nuggets money has pushed that up to minus 170. Both teams have been extraordinary at home in this postseason. How do you see this one playing out? I have the Lakers in six. The Lakers in six. The Lakers are the best defensive team in the league right now. And Anthony Davis is the best defensive player in the league right now. Now, is he going to stop Jokic and lock him up? No, nobody can. But the Lakers overall, they do a very great, good job, great job of team defense. Nobody thought that they would be able to control Steph Curry the way that they did. They they knew that, though. And when you have a leader like LeBron James on the floor at all times, he is going to be the highest IQ player on the floor out of both teams, meaning being able to control the game, being able to take over the game when need be, knowing when to pick his spots, and also knowing when to trust his players. And I think it's time for us to really, really sit back and say, Austin Reeves is legit. Like, this guy's a flat-out stud. I don't know what else he has to do to show that he's like that, but he didn't show me enough. And so when I look at the Denver Nuggets, I feel like they haven't been tested yet. Like, the the Phoenix Suns really wasn't that good to me. I thought the Clippers would have beat them if Kawhi wouldn't have got injured. I thought there was a team that didn't have a de- enough depth, and I thought that DeAndre Aiden was, 
you know, obviously soft the way that he was. So when I look at it, I believe it goes six games, but I get an edge to the Lakers. What they showed me against the Memphis Grizzlies team as a defensive-minded team and the way that they handled it, then going to knock off the defending champs to the point where Steve Kerr comes out and says, oh, we always knew this wasn't a championship team. They were lying like hell because they knew they had aspirations of going defending their title. The Lakers just snatched their souls. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst, joining us here on Joe and Amber. Let's talk about the East. Now, our analytics department at ESPN is only giving my Heat a 3% chance of beating the Seas. How does Perk see it going down? You know what? I'm not going to doubt the Miami Heat. I believe that it's going to be, it should be a high percentage. I actually believe that it's going seven games, to be honest with you. And if anybody is doubting the Heat, shame on them. I'm not picking them to win the series, but I wouldn't be surprised if they win it, uh, if they do come out winning. Eric Sposer, best coach in basketball. Jimmy Butler has arguably been the best player. And here's the thing. They don't have a lot of household names, but Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, those guys get it done. Those guys get it done. And you have to be very, very disciplined throughout a seven-game series to go in there and beat Miami four out of seven times. And the Boston Celtics haven't shown me that over the last couple of series that they could consistently put together great basketball on both ends of the floor. That's what's set to happen. Let's take a look at what happened yesterday. Philadelphia, sixth year in a row they've been in the postseason. Sixth year in a row they have failed to get past the second round of the playoffs. They go down again to the Boston Celtics. I mean, what's next? I know a lot of people are out on the the perch talking about getting rid of Embiid and blowing it all up. I'm not necessarily going that far. I don't know where you're at, but what can they do to take the next step? I'll tell you. The first thing is don't fall victim into let's get rid of Doc Rivers. That's not the answer. Okay, In game seven, your superstar is supposed to rise to the occasion. Joel Embiid and James Harden disappeared. If I'm feeling... I want James Harden to leave. I need that spot available. I need to resign Tyrese Maxey to a contract extension. And believe it or not, there's one player out there that's an unrestricted free agent. If I'm the Philadelphia 76ers, I'm going to grab him. I don't care how much baggage he has with him outside of basketball, but I'm going to get Kyrie Irving by any means necessary. Interesting. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA mm-hmm. analyst. Perk, I knew I liked you. Uh, I already knew I liked you, but now I really like you after, <laughs> after all the nice things that you said about my Miami Heat. Real quick here on the way out. How shameful is it that Eric Spolster has never won Coach of the Year? Oh, it's horrible. It's ridiculous. Right? And we, we have to stop. He's the best coach in basketball. Thank you. He's the best. He is the best coach in basketball. I, and there's Ty Lewis, a close second. But when it comes down to getting the most out of your players, they're playing, they have four guys that were undrafted that are heavy in their rotations right now. And these guys are back in the conference finals. They knocked off Giannis in the books with no Tyler Hero. At one point, we, we, we thought Kevin Love was on his way out. 
Kevin Love probably is going to get a nice contract, three-year deal, and be back in Miami. Like, it, it comes to the point where we have to really realize that we're watching the Hall of Fame coach and their exposure. That we definitely are. Kendrick Perkins, ESPN NBA analyst. Thanks, Perk. Thank you. Thank y'all for having me. Coming up next here on Joe and Amber, Lakers coach Darvin Ham was a surefire way of stopping Jokic. You will hear about it next. Joe and Amber's on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is on the ESPN app. Joe and Amber, the podcast. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Ted Kendrick Perkins on with us. And at the end of the interview... I asked him a question that made James Steele grab his head in pain. I mean, it wasn't that bad of a question. You were being very overly dramatic. I just asked, isn't it shameful? Eric Spolstra, the best coach in the NBA, has never won Coach of the Year. And it is. We just watched guys get fired who've won it multiple times, by the way, James. Yep. There's definitely something shameful about that last question. (laughs) If you missed that interview, you can always check out the podcast on the ESPN app. Let's sound on, sound off. They said it, but what did they really mean? What are you trying to say to us? Sound on, sound off with Joe and Amber. Speaking of fired coaches, there's one thing we know about the Phoenix Suns, that there will be changes. And one of those changes will be a new head coach after they fired Monty Williams. And as surprising as it may have been to us on the outside, firing a two-time coach of the year, Brian Windhorse. Again, two-time coach of the year, just got fired. Suppose number woman. Brian Windhorse says people within the organization saw it coming. You know, there's a number of different reasons, I believe, why the Suns did this. I think one is that they had unceremonious exits the last two years in the playoffs. Um, Didn't go down fighting, despite the fact that they did have, you know, injuries and circumstantial stuff happen. I think there was a couple of player-coach relationships in Phoenix that didn't go well this year. And I don't think he necessarily, to the satisfaction of new ownership, you know, their new owner, Matt Ishbia, I mean, he cleared a massive trade for Kevin Durant. And, um, again, you could say that Durant didn't have a lot of time to mesh because he had the ankle injury, that odd ankle injury that happened in the pregame warm-ups. But they didn't seem to get the most out of Durant with Monty Williams and the fact that the guy is a new owner. So you put all of that together, um, I think it was something that you could kind of see coming if you were on the inside. James Steele? That's me. Uh, All right, Joe. So the Suns traded for KD. Then CP3 gets hurt in the playoffs. DeAndre Ayton doesn't show up. They ultimately get embarrassed. Uh, the end of it being a 25-point loss in Game 6 to the Nuggets. Now they fire their head coach. If you're the Suns, what move do you make next? First thing's going to be the coach. Nick Nurse getting dismissed in Toronto is one I would look at. I know they're going to look at Coach Bud, who was in Milwaukee. I don't know about that one. Bud's a good coach, but I don't know if he's like Another next coach level has won good. Multiple coaches of the year. Yeah, like saying. it's it, exactly like now. he did it in Atlanta, and then they ran him, and then he went to Milwaukee and he had some success. But 
you know, his in-game strategies, his timeout management, all that stuff is troublesome. So I would probably look at a guy like Nick Nurse, see if he could come in and take over. And then you got to fix the bench. I mean, you acquired KD, but in order, this is all the people in Philadelphia who want to get Dame Lillard. It's going to cost you your depth. To get a star, you have to trade your depth. That's what Phoenix did. So Booker and Durant could go nuclear, but that was the only chance they had of competing. Other than that, they weren't going to be in any of those games. And when they couldn't hit their shots, they got absolutely run out of the gym. So you've got to find some depth pieces that can come in and help you. If you could get rid of DeAndre Ayton, that would be great. I don't know if anyone's going to want that contract. Uh, and maybe you're getting rid of CP3 in this scenario as well. Joe and Amber's presented by Progressive Insurance. There will be changes, particularly to that depth. I'm not one who actually thinks that this Suns season is oh so embarrassing. I mean, they traded for Kevin Durant mid-season. They got new ownership. He swung for the fences. When that happens, you don't have much time to get it all together, and you certainly are going to have to trade away a lot of depth when you trade for a generational player like Kevin Durant. I don't know if there's any shame in that. I think the real test will be what happens this offseason. Monty Williams is a good coach, but I also understand why they were moving on, particularly with new ownership at the helm. Sometimes it's better to just start over with a clean slate, get it going from here we can judge it I think moving forward I'm not going to actually judge the Suns yet you don't trade for KD for half a season that's not why you trade for a player like Kevin Durant you're trading for Kevin Durant for a few seasons Devin Booker still very much in his in his prime and in his window you've got a little time here not much KD's obviously aging but you've got a little time here to try to figure it out and get it together next season I think will be a more fair barometer uh, if I'm the Philadelphia 76ers I'm also looking maybe to move on to my coach and maybe give Nick Nurse a call. So maybe Nick Nurse is going to have quite a few suitors this offseason. It'll be the Lakers and the Nuggets in the West. Jokic was a monster against the Suns, averaging a 35-point triple-double in that series. So how will the Lakers stop him? That was the first question Darvin Ham was asked during shoot-around today. Man, try to catch him coming out of his house and kidnap him, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Amber, will the Lakers be able to beat the two-time MVP in the Denver Nuggets? Uh, no, I, I don't. I don't think that they will. Uh, I'm going to stick with the Nuggets. I feel like there's something we've been doing to the Nuggets all postseason long, where none of us want to buy into the Nuggets. And at this point, I've bought into the Nuggets. Like, why are we doing that? They've been the best team the entire season in the Western Conference, quite literally. They've had the best player in the entire Western Conference the entire season. The player who should have won the MVP, but I digress. And now in the postseason, he's been an absolute monster. He is a force to be reckoned with. They are the better team. They are by far the more complete team. I don't think that this is much of a conversation. I think the Nuggets end up winning this series more easily than people expect. This 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 has all the makings of a great series. I'm hoping it's a great series. Both teams have been fantastic at home in the postseason. Jokic has been every bit as good as advertised. But go back to the bubble year when he met Anthony Davis in the conference finals. Davis was able to limit some of what he was doing naturally because Davis is an elite player. Just like Jokic is going to be able to get his there and there. The, the, the tit for tat between those two teams as they go back and forth is going to be fantastic. Jokic and AD. What's LeBron going to bring to the table? Can Jamal Murray give you 25-plus a night? This has all the makings of a seven-game series. I'm with Amber. I think Denver's the better team. I think people are unwilling to buy in because they haven't necessarily seen it before. But then after they get it done this year, everyone would be sitting around saying, well, look, now we like Denver next year. This team could go on a run. Are they capable of starting a dynasty? So 
Fascinating. Fascinating stuff. I do lean to Denver here. It feels unnatural to pick against LeBron James in the same way that it feels unnatural to pick against the Warriors, right? There was a trep- lot of trepidation about picking against the Warriors, even though the Warriors were awful on the road and consistently awful on the road the entire season and in the postseason. It was still hard in that scenario to pick against them, right? And it's sort of the same here, I think, with the Lakers. Like, on paper, the Nuggets definitely should win this series, but it feels there's something unnatural about that championship pedigree in Los Angeles and picking against it. You're right. That conversation goes away. If in fact the Nuggets get past the Lakers and find themselves in a position to win their own championship. As we all know, Bryce Young was taken number one overall by the Panthers in April's NFL draft with rookie minicamp starting. We're getting our first look at Young in in a Panthers uniform and ESPN's David Newton says things have gotten off to a very good start. He made everything he did look easy out on the practice field. Frank Wright calls that low RPM mode. So while what he means by that is while everything's happening fast around Bryce Young, he slows it down in his mind where he can make it look easy. From rolling around in the pocket to moving in and out to throwing passes from all different angles, he made everything look easy out there. Second round pick, Jonathan Mingo, said that he had complete control of the huddle. That Going in and out, he made everyone feel relaxed. In fact, Frank Reich said he had complete command of everything out there. I thought the funniest thing was from one of Austin Prohl, a former uh, wide receiver's son that played for here. He said that he was the smartest dude in the huddle he's ever been around. So everything that Bryce Young did this past few days made it look like he could be the starting quarterback. The one thing is, he's still listed at number two. When the team got together today, he was the second quarterback behind Andy Dalton. All right, Joe. Uh, complete command of the offense, low RPM, uh, blah, blah, blah. But have you seen how small he looks? Like on the field, how is his size not going to be a problem in the NFL? It's going to be a problem. It's absolutely going to be a problem, especially later in his career when his legs don't hold up like they do for the young, legs of a young, youthful guy. It eventually will catch up with him. There's a reason why he had to like weigh in at 205 pounds at the combine and then not run. Like He knew he was going to be slow because he tried to fill up on water and food. James wanted this in here just to comment about how small he looks, but in fairness to James, because James has sent me the pictures before, like, he looks unbelievably small. Now, given he's standing behind behemoth of men, right, uh, in the line, but he does look so small compared to everyone. Joe and Amber, the podcast.